listening to the Real Life Church Podcast. To learn more about Real Life Church, including our gathering times in Yuma, Arizona, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Bob Van Horn. So welcome to Real Life Church. Glad you're with us today. Do you know what me and Tiger Woods have in common? Both of us like to wear red on Sundays. I've got a red Reebok shirt. I've got a red Nike shirt. I have lots of red shirts, okay? So today I am rocking Tiger Woods as we finish up this whole book of 1 Timothy. I'm going to start off with a hard question this morning. Is it possible to be good and rich? I think so, but the whole idea of being good and rich really goes against the teaching of the great majority of the Bible. It was a rich young ruler who basically just walked away from eternal life because he wanted his riches more than he wanted eternal life. Jesus kind of had some words for him and said, it was hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven, and he likened it to a camel going through the eye of a needle. And I believe Jesus was giving us a literal illustration. It is that hard for a rich man to go to heaven. Jesus even instructed his disciples, his followers, to go and sell their possessions and give them to charity. And it was Jesus again who said that you could not serve God and serve money at the same time. This is an ongoing thing all throughout the Bible. James, the half-brother of Jesus, gets in on the topic by saying things like, Now, or woe, you rich people, for you howl your miseries which are coming upon you. James goes on a rant in chapter 5 about rich people. John telling the book of Revelation depicts that judgment will befall the rich, and they'll throw dust on their heads, and they'll weep. In the morning, we have studied 1 Timothy, where we've talked about the rich will fall into temptation and that it's a snare and a trap. So let me ask you the question again. Is it possible to be good and rich? Some of you are thinking to yourself, this really doesn't concern me because I'm not that rich and I never will be. If you are on that train of thought, let me remind you that you are richer than the rest of the world comparatively. Most of our homes that are listening to me today have indoor plumbing and electricity, heat, furniture. Most of our homes have convenient appliances, and most of us have at least one automobile, and most of us have like several changes of red shirts, and we do have access to some of the best medical care in the world. You know, we may not want to really admit it, but we are rich according to the rest of the world, and yet the Bible does warn us strongly about being rich in this world. Paul closes out this whole instruction, six chapters here, with these words, words that I think that are so important for us to hear, and then maybe reevaluate what we're rich in. Chapter 6, we're going to finish it out, starting with verse 17. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, 
storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. O Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, avoiding worldly and empty chatter and the opposing arguments of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and thus gone astray from the faith. Grace be with you. To be good and rich, we must aim to be rich towards God. In order to do that, Paul gives us four ways that we can be rich towards God. And the very first one, you saw it right there in the passage, guard yourself against the dangers of riches. He says it in two different ways. This is how Paul instructs Timothy. First of all, he says, be careful of pride. He uses the word conceited. Paul instructs Timothy to teach, to warn, to let people know, don't be conceited. If you have a lot today, it's because you've been blessed by God with a lot. You might have a lot, and we may all have a lot comparatively to others, but don't be high-minded about it. Don't think for one second that you're better off than other people because you have more. See, pride is a problem. It's really strong in those who have a lot. You know, and it's also just as easy for those who have a lot to look down on those that don't have very much. We think to ourselves, well, if they worked as hard as I did, or if they would just use their heads, or if they were just as smart as I was, they would be poor. Do you see why Paul warned us not to be conceited? If you have a lot today, it is because God is the reason you are rich. Everything that you have is because God has blessed you with it. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians. He talks about us about having an attitude, attitude that you have a lot and it can be taken away in just a minute. And if we want to be rich towards God, we're going to have to be careful of our pride. Second thing he says is don't trust in them. Don't trust in your riches over God. Paul tells Timothy, again, instruct to teach, to challenge us not to fix our hope on the uncertainty of riches. And riches are uncertain. They can be here today, and they can be gone tomorrow. The Lord is coming back one day, and soon all of our possessions that we have are going to belong to someone else. You will stand empty-handed before God. We've talked about this several times over the last several weeks. Think about the proverb that says that money is going to be worthless on the day of wrath. Money is not going to count when God decides to judge this world. That's a tough thought. And a lot of us, if we're not careful, we will trust in our riches over trusting in God. If you're not right with God today, you're not ready for the future. If you're trusting in your riches and your possessions, you're not ready for the future. You might be the richest person in the world. But when you die, you're going to face God and you're going to face his wrath. You cannot trust in your riches for your eternity. You have to trust in the Lord Jesus. Are you trusting in your riches? Ask yourself this question. If I was to give you five minutes 
to go in your home and you knew at the end of five minutes your house was going to blow up and it was going to be obliterated, what would you be grabbing? What would really be important to you if you only had five minutes to secure it? Are you going to grab the safe that's in your bedroom? Are you going to grab the guns that are in your gun locker? Are you going to grab the gold? Are you going to grab the silver? It's going to tell you a lot about whether you're trusting in the riches or you're trusting in the provider. Second thing Paul tells Timothy here, if we're going to be rich towards God, then learn to be rich in good deeds. See, verse 18, Paul reminds Timothy to instruct, to teach, to command them to be rich in good works. Paul made it abundantly clear through the scripture that we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace, we're saved by faith, but we're not saved by works. But listen to this, once you are saved, we are to do good works. We're to act out our faith in front of people. That means that we do good things for people who have need. Rich Christians should be rich in good works. It's the evidence of the overflowing presence of Christ in our life. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, when you're being Spirit-led, you're serving other people. We're rich in good works. And then Paul says this to Timothy. He says, also be generous and be ready to share whatever you have. How many of us who are trusting in our riches are all that willing to be generous and share? Would you consider yourself generous? They say most people would not consider themselves to be generous. You know why we're not generous? You're not going to like this. We simply don't trust God. We don't believe that God will supply our needs. So therefore, I have to supply my own needs. I have to get more. I have to want more. And so I simply, I don't trust God. It causes me to hang on to what I have. Being generous and being ready to share means that God has prospered you and God has blessed you. And why wouldn't you be a blessing to someone else if you could? Being rich towards God, here's the fourth thing, means that we focus on the reality of eternity. Now, we have spoke so much about that over the last several weeks. We've asked questions like, are you trusting in things that are of eternal value? Are you seeking the kingdom of God? Or are basically you materialistic and living for this day? Paul concludes his final warning to Timothy, and he appeals to him, focus on eternity. Are you kingdom-minded today? I hope so. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all the stuff that you're worried about, well, they'll be added unto you. God will add them unto you. Now, Paul concludes this letter, and he tells Timothy one last thing. You'll see this right there, right around verse 20. He tells him to guard what has been entrusted to him. You too have been entrusted with something. When God gave you his Spirit. When you became a Christian, he entrusted you to be a part of his kingdom work. And he says, guard it. What I like about that is Paul also tells Timothy to avoid the empty conversations, the empty speculations, the empty arguments. Get away from the false teachers who claim to have knowledge, but they really don't know what they're talking about. And devote yourself 
to your ministry. Keep doing it what it is that you're doing. And he wraps it up. He just stops mid-sentence and he says these words. We used to greet people like this a lot. Grace to you. Grace be to you. That's how Timothy receives Paul's instruction. Timothy, grace to you. And you know what? Grace to you that are listening. I hope you've gotten something out of the book. There's been so much that we've talked over over the last several months, and we're going to be talking about a brand new teaching series here in a couple weeks. I can't wait to be a part of that, but until then, grace to you. Father, thank you again in Jesus' name, Lord, that you have again allowed us to complete a book. We have gone from 1 Timothy 1.1 all the way now through 1 Timothy chapter 6, all the way to where it says, grace be to you. God, thank you for your grace towards us. God, thank you for covering us with your grace. And Lord, I pray your grace over those that are listening. Lord, until we meet again, may you be praised and worshiped. And it is in Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, God bless you, and I'll see you next time. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at reallifeyuma.com or download the Real Life Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Real Life Church Podcast.